Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, September 7th, and we are two days away from the beginning of football. It does not feel like it because I blame the schedule, but that's okay. Uh, and joining me who uh, joining me to, to discuss matters of league importance, good friend of the show, Jonathan Jones. JJ, you also feel... Um, so, I mean, like, we're, we're cr- NFL players and... The media are creatures of habit. Yep. And when the league throws wrinkles in, like expanding it to 17, expanding the season to 18 weeks and shrinking the preseason to three weeks and, and then changing the cut day, I mean, we'll get used to it, but it's going to be two or three years before I, before I get my rhythm back. I mean, we've been doing the same rhythm for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. The rhythm, the rhythm was really thrown off because it was always junk preseason game there. And then 48 hours later, it was cuts. And those happened on Memorial Day weekend. And then it was like, okay, cuts happened on Saturday, waiver claims on Sunday, everybody's back at practice on Monday. And there were for, especially when I was a beat writer, like I didn't have a Labor Day weekend, like it would just come right. up. It was like, oh, okay. And now this week, you know, fortunately, and it sounds like you were as well, able to enjoy some of the Labor Day weekend. And then we get back home and sort of like open up our laptops and like, all right, start of the season. Oh, shit. It's about to happen. Like the Cowboys (laughs) and the Bucks are literally about to play. (laughs) Exactly. And it's almost like the freedom that we were granted over Labor Day. It, it, it didn't, it didn't, you know, you don't have anything to do. Like, I mean, there's stuff to do, there's stuff going on, but it was very, so I, I actually think the NFL and I, and eventually we'll, we'll probably come to appreciate this. I think the NFL did this as a way to make Labor Day sort of a, a, a quickie vacation for everybody around the league to, you know, to take a breath, to step away. And, and that's good. That's how it should be. Like let, let college football have Labor Day. We don't need right. preseason on Labor Day. We don't need cuts on Labor Day, but for the first time with it happening, it, it didn't make any sense to my to my brain, and so here we are, uh, needing to figure out what is going on around the NFL, and there are still like a bunch of issues to get cleared up. So we'll, uh, you know, very quickly. What uh, what about your uh, in the feed? By the way, bold predictions. If you want to find out what the super friends think about the NFL uh, season that that's going to happen, bold like you know, Cowboys dead last in the NFC in the NFC East. Maybe I think that's kind of bold. Trey Sermon leads the league in rushing. That's real bold. Uh, you can check out all those in the feed. Uh, very quickly, what is your Super Bowl pick and or anything notable of your opinion about what might happen if you have like a crazy pick for MVP or something like that? Yeah, and I'm sorry if you can pick up some of this background noise. I recently moved to Manhattan, so you get the sirens every now and then. Love so it. apologies to those who are, who are listening. Um, no, I mean, I kept it I kept it pretty traditional, pretty orthodox here. Um you know, I think that just like last year, continuity is going to be important with these teams. I think that, you know, that extra game is going to be a real slog for some teams. Uh, you have to have depth. You have to have a quarterback. 
and the Chiefs have that. And so I have them winning uh, the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I had them losing last year to the Saints. Uh, I went back and looked at that. Pretty prediction. close. Pretty good. Yeah. Chiefs lose the NFC South team. Yeah, I think it'll be tough for the Bucks to, you know, repeat. I think that everything really worked in their favor. I think that they obviously had injury luck last season. Oh, for and sure. so much of that. It, and that's why I have the Rams in the Super Bowl. And I already hate having the Rams in the Super Bowl because they can't really afford an injury. Right. Mm. We just saw what happened with Daryl Henderson where then they had to go make a trade for a running back whom I don't really believe that much in and Sonny Michelle. And so it's not like, okay, well that position is fixed. Like if they go down at one of their 22 spots, it's going to be tough sledding for the Rams, but even still pick them in the Super Bowl. I just think the chiefs outside of course at quarterback, I think the chiefs can withstand some injuries because we've seen it year over year. They just can't have a position catastrophe. Like they had an offensive tackle in the Super Bowl. The, the the Rams, and I, I'm very high on the Rams this year. I actually um, have, have the 49ers. The power picks are out on the website, so I don't, I don't want to try to hide it. But I have the 49ers winning it all. Uh, but I, I would be could easily be talked into the, the Rams as well. I, I think the Rams are a little more stars and scrubsy. And that's that's sort of your point. I mean, they lost some yeah. of their depth. The Browns picked it up, right, on the defensive side of the ball. And, you have, I mean, injuries just happen in football. It doesn't matter how good a player you are, or how bad a player you are. You know, Matthew Stafford, uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, all those guys are susceptible to injury. That's just how the NFL works and how football works. So, yeah, I, I agree that the sort of the, to borrow a phrase from our pal Dave Damashek, the, the Jenga piece factor for the Rams is, is concerning because you pull out one of those pieces and maybe something takes a tumble. Uh, but, but I like I, Chiefs over Rams is good. You know, I mean, I saw that uh, we had, it was Wilson. Trapasso, Sully, and Prisco all picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. That's a little chalky for my taste. Like, I mean, give me the Chiefs over the Bills. You know, I mean, if, if you're going to be the, one of the two people picking the Chiefs versus one of the five people picking the Bills, I think you have a better chance of being right. Yeah, I think so too. I think the Bills are going to have a great season. I have them as my top two in my top two AFC teams, no doubt. And the Browns are right there on that second level knocking on the door, uh, challenging the Bills. But, um, you know, that also requires Josh Allen to be as great as he was last year. And I think that him making that leap, we had never seen it before. So him sustaining that level after making that leap is also something that we have never seen before that he's going to have to do in order for me to believe that the Bills will, will do enough to win the Super Bowl. I'm not willing to go that far. AFC title game, I'll give you that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, look, it's a, they could could they beat the Chiefs? Absolutely. Are they going to be favored to beat the Chiefs? Absolutely not. If 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 both teams are completely healthy. The New England Patriots are one of my favorite picks to actually just to make the playoffs. I think the Pats will uh, find a way to make the playoffs in you know what profiles is a I don't think of that strong AFC, uh, but if they make the playoffs, it will be without Cam Newton, who, as we know, was released by New England. Maybe the biggest cut of last week. Mac Jones will be the starter. I'm having a hard time figuring out where Cam Newton might play this year if he were to play anywhere because the Texans named Tyrod Taylor the starter. They're burning a rush, and we'll get to that in a second, uh, but that seems like the only logical spot. I, I don't know what you've heard, but I would be really surprised if Cam Newton was willing to be a backup in the NFL in 2021. Why would you be surprised about that? I just think that Cam sees himself as a starter. Yeah, and, and he said as much, but I – and listen, I think a lot of people have said that, and they may very well be right. I, I think that there was this idea that when Belichick brought Cam into the office and said, hey, Mac's going to be our starter, 
I think that there, there was sort of this idea that Cam sat in there and was like, hey, well, then I don't want to be here. And I don't know if that was necessarily the case or not. Uh, I think that everyone, Cam included, is understanding that you're one injury away from being the starter somewhere. Sure. Um, and he has familiarity with that offense, whereas he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to have to go through the testing case. He, first of all, if he goes somewhere else and he wants to be the starter, he's going to have to wait for the current starter to get injured. So mm-hmm. you never know where that's going to be. Is that offense going to fit you? Are you going to be able to get through the testing cadence and wait five days because you're unvaccinated? Right. And now you're going to be learning the playbook. And you just did that last year. And you saw where that led you to the worst season of your career and really a full season. So do you want to do that again if you're Cam Newton at 32 years old uh, with his physical limitations related to the ankle and certainly the shoulder and most importantly the shoulder? Or do you want to be in a system with the New England Patriots where you're a playoff contender, you can sort of have this second act or third act, if you will, of your career? Who knows what happens? Maybe you wind up going back in and being the starter eventually. I think that there is just as great a likelihood or great a chance that Mac Jones, who less than two years ago was backing up to a Tagovailoa at Alabama, does not get through an entire 17-game season playing well enough to maintain his starter position Mm. as there is Cam Newton waiting for the exact right situation for that specific quarterback to go down and then him signing on to that team and learning that offense quickly enough to where he can find success. So your your hypothesis is that Cam goes back to the Patriots then? No, I don't have that hypothesis. I don't know where Cam's going to go. Okay. Um, but but I'm just playing it out, and the odds of, of success to me are at least equal in those two situations. Well, that's a good point about the Vax. I mean, I don't want to make it about the Vax because it's – but maybe it is about the Vax to a degree because I think Bill Belichick – I think that weighed in Bill Belichick's decision to go with Mac Jones. The fact that Cam – had to. I mean, right? Like if Cam Newton, if he has a close contact on a Friday, you have to take this entire game plan, this entire way that you're planning to attack a team's defense. Bill Belichick's like credo has always been to take a specific game plan week to week and attack the vulnerabilities of an opposing defense from the offensive standpoint. If you're doing that with Cam Newton, you are using his legs. You can't just be like, oh, Cam's out. Let's run the same, uh, same game plan with Mac Jones. It's just not going to work. And so – to me, it had to have factored in that Cam was unvaccinated. And if he had a close contact on a Friday or Thursday or even a Wednesday, he's out for Sunday's game. And that that is just too risky to do with that kind of specific game plan that you have to run. Well, and whether Cam is is factored into the game plan and is the starter or not, the fact that he is unvaccinated, making it you know more likely based on statistics that he would bring in COVID into that uh, quarterback room and impact whoever the starter. Good point. Or, or impact his other teammates. They went through it last year in the Kansas City game, defending champs, having to take two planes out there. Bill Belichick, 69 years old, double masked up on the sideline. Like, looking like, looking like, looking like a, like an aviate, like an, uh, a bird specialist. Right. And, and, you know, Belichick is a very, very smart man. And what, what really threw me was last week when he was out there saying things that were not, informed about the vaccine and the efficacy of the vaccine. That was very, it, it, the comments were ignorant. And it's hard for me to believe that Bill Belichick is, is that ignorant to the vaccine. The whole thing seemed like a production to prove a point that Cam was not cut because of the vaccine. He didn't want to give Cam any flowers. He didn't want to say, hey, thanks for all the work that he did. He finally did earlier today, apparently on Boston radio. 
But the whole thing, there was sort of a mission. And if there was one thing that he was going to do, it wasn't going to tell us why it was Mac Jones. He wasn't going to tell us why it wasn't Cam Newton. But he was definitely going to tell us that it had nothing, and I mean nothing, to do with the vaccine. And that raised an eyebrow for me. Yeah, I do think the the comments, though, you know, we saw Urban Meyer say, yeah, of course we, you know, like the vaccine was a factor. And then the Jaguars issued a statement. like, no, 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 he's <laughs> kidding. Urban's just clowning around, guys. It, it, you just have to, you have to worry about a grievance being filed or being investigated by the NFLPA. And I think Belichick saw what happened to Urban and did not want to have to deal with that. I also think yeah. maybe whatever Belichick was trying to say about the vaccine was, and I'm not, not I want to say out of context, but I think it was I think his words conveyed something that he probably doesn't mean. I think maybe yes. he, I think he's just frustrated by the and understandably, there are a lot of frustrated people out there by the whole thing. Um, OK, he couldn't possibly mean it. And then but to answer your question, what's next for Cam? It is a backup role uh, if he's willing to take it, which I'd have to imagine that at this point in his career with the tape that he has out there from last season with the whole league knowing what happens to Cam's arm once it gets to the colder months of November and December, that he's going to have to accept a backup position. And the best spots for him, I mean, maybe it's Houston, but I don't think that's the best spot for anybody. Uh, he could go to Miami. Uh, he could go to Baltimore, for example. Those are the three that are off the top of my head. Those are the three that I could see him landing at as we stand here today on Tuesday. Yeah, Baltimore makes a lot of sense from an offensive game planning perspective, unless the Ravens just love but I guess they cut Trace McSorley. So, yeah, I mean, Baltimore makes a lot, a lot of sense. Plus, Lamar and Cam, you know. Uh, any, anywho, um, the, yeah. So, I, and I wouldn't be surprised either if he, if he just said, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to chill and like model hats in Atlanta for a while and see how the quarterback market injuries play out. And if something opens up. But to your point, yes, if somebody gets hurt on a Sunday, uh, that the timeline for Cam getting into, you know, being an, if he's un, still unvaccinated, getting into that system and starting for that team the next week is is almost impossible. The NFL made it difficult on a vaccinated free agents to 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 get into those teams. The Texans officially named Tyrod Taylor their starter, which means that Deshaun and this is something I don't think we've ever seen before. A player who's under, I mean, certainly under and is being investigated by the NFL. I think is still being investigated by the FBI. He's being investigated by the Houston Police Department or some legal operation. Paris County, right, yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever, they, whatever they call it down in Paris County. Uh, I guess that's actually not a Texas accent. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, at any rate, he is also being still sued by 22 different, uh, 20, 20 plus different plaintiffs. And the NFL has not acted in any way to try and keep him off the Texans roster. So the Texans are, I guess, doing the only thing they can do, which is, use an active roster spot for a quarterback they have said they will not be playing. And this is already probably the worst roster in the entire NFL. Uh, what are you hearing about Watson and, and, and what might happen here? There, there's still buzz with the Dolphins out there, but I don't see how you can trade for him with everything lingering the way it is. Well, and, and that's our opinion, right, Will? Sure. Because I agree with you. But there is a reason that Brian Flores waited until after the Tuesday 4 p.m. deadline to get down to 53 men before he made his – could I be any more clear? It's Tua. Tua's our guy. He could have said that at any point over the past month. He could have done it in a scheduled press conference uh, during when all these reports were circulating for months. He could have uh, told the PR staff, hey, let's assemble a press conference at 8 p.m. Let's hop on a Zoom. I have something to say. He didn't say a word about it in Miami until after the cutdown deadline. And only then it was, guys, what are you talking about? Of course it's Tua. Uh, okay, there was smoke. 
there. And when there's smoke, oh. there's fire. And there, there, there was fire there. And will uh, Deshaun ever get traded? The facts that are currently assembled make it difficult for us to believe that he will be traded. However, as we know, it only takes one team. And the Dolphins were and may still be interested in him. Only takes one team. Um, your question was, though, about... Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess the Deshaun Watson thing, like, like where? Because I, I was asked this. Um, well, I was on Boston Radio earlier t- uh, with Toucher and Rich on uh, on Tuesday morning, and they're like, you know, you've been saying all along that you didn't think Deshaun Watson would be suspended or on the commissioner's exempt list, and, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm right because I'm a genius. I think I'm right because the NFL is, for whatever reason, deciding not to take action here. Here's I, the reason. So, so, so the reason is the, the NFL does believe in the precedent. They do believe that because charges have not been filed, Correct. like cr- criminal, like he's not actually charged with anything right. that, and, and now we can, we can argue and we can quibble. And I think very reasonable people can argue and agree or disagree on this, but as serious as this, as these allegations are and the volume and, and, and the, the substance of them, no question, does it, if you are the NFL, do you concern yourself with the Pandora's box of, okay, when something like this, maybe not the volume, maybe not 22, maybe it's one or two, maybe the substance isn't a serious, or maybe it is. And then you have to get into negotiating what the degrees of sexual assault or it, and these things are. And and, and again, it is, it is, it is, it is really hard to, to talk about this without in a foot, in a a perspective of what will happen with the Sean Watson from a football perspective, we're not trying to, um, you know, uh, you know, we're not trying to shoo away the actual allegations. They are very concerning, but these are all civil lawsuits. Right. That, that when you were filing a civil lawsuit, you were not asking for someone to be arrested. You were asking for money. You were looking for compensation in the form of damage. You know, in as, as, a, as a form of justice, as a form right. Of, of right. And and so because you, you're not seeking it from a, a criminal legal sense, you're seeking it in, in this sense. So. Um, and, and, and so, by the way, if Deshaun Watson was placed on the commissioner's exempt list, he would have a much greater incentive to settle that those lawsuits than if he were a part of the active roster, I, I believe. And yeah. and so that's sort of what I think you're getting at is that the NFL does not want – the Pandora's box you're referring to is essentially um, person X files civil lawsuit, which anyone can do against anyone. Like you don't mm-hmm. need – it's a very low barrier to entry. All you need is a lawyer to file the stuff for you and to fill out a sheet. Player person X files lawsuit out alleging X again or alleging Y against player Z. And then the NFL, because they've done this with Deshaun Watson, now has to say, okay, uh player Z, you were on the commissioner's exempt list until we can figure this all out. Right. And the timeline for those uh civil lawsuits, because you know, look, you file for an extension, uh, you file for an extension of time to answer the 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 you know, the, uh, the I'm losing all sense of legal stuff. Anyway, it, it gets stretched out. The complaint stretched out and then then all that. Yes. When do you take him off the commissioner's exempt list? And, and then when do you suspend him or was that a suspension while he was on the list? Or do you then take money away from him while he was, you know, and so you, if you become, if you are the NFL and here's, what's helping the NFL is the fact that Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play for the Houston Texans. Correct. Absolutely. And, and so that's, that's a huge thing where he doesn't want to play. Well, the NFL, if I am the NFL, I'm looking at the situation and I'm like, well, why do I have to come bail you out? Why do I have to stick my nose in this and dirty my hands when you already have a guy who doesn't want to play for you, who's not going to play for you? So why do I have to say, hey, he's not going to play for you now? 
Had he been traded to the Miami Dolphins or the Philadelphia Eagles or the Carolina Panthers, and there was a real possibility that week one, two, three, he was going to play, or if this were to happen at some point, and there's a chance that Deshaun Watson actually takes the field because there has never been a chance that Deshaun Watson was going to take the field for the Houston Texans. If that were to happen, the NFL might be changing its tune. Uh, Very well may be changing its tune. If if Deshaun Watson, let's say just this happened, let's say today, just you know, for the sake of argument, right. Deshaun Watson is traded to the Miami Dolphins, um, and Tua is sent back to the Texans. Well, you know who's probably going to be the Week One starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? Jacoby Brissett, because the NFL is going to say no, 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 no. With all this going on, we are not going to have the headline be Miami trades for quarterback with lingering sexual assault complaint, you know, allegations plays him Week One. Because that will be the focus of the telecast. And the NFL is very much against the idea of negative storylines in week one. The NFL wants week one to be all about football's back, football is family. And when you have the broadcast and the broadcast, but you know, is gonna be forced to discuss it if that were the case. In fact, the Texans broadcast, which fortunately for the NFL, no one's watching because it's Houston and Jacksonville, uh, that uh, I assume that game is on CBS, that there, it will be a factor. Like it will have to be discussed. Deshaun- it will have to be discussed. But not as much as if he were traded. Correct. Yes. And if you're trading the the starting quarterback for the Dolphins, that would be all you could talk about. That's that's exactly right. So, yes, I I do think that the the NFL is they're saying that their hands are tied. They don't want to set the precedent. However, if there were a real chance of him playing this Sunday or next Sunday, I think they'd forget about that precedent. Okay. Um, do you think do you see a resolution in sight for Deshaun Watson? I know Mike Garofalo of NFL Media had reported, uh, if, if maybe it was months ago or weeks ago, I, it, it all blends together at this point, but that uh, Deshaun Watson was not, he wanted to not sign a, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. So that way, in the, in the, in the theory here, is, as I understand it, is that he would then be able to clear his name publicly or with the NFL and invest in, in, to, in their investigation to avoid any kind of suspension. Um, if you're That's a- right. If you're a plaintiff who's you know trying to s- settle these cases, you don't want the you want Deshaun Watson signing an NDA because you don't want your name out there. You don't want him being able to you know clear his name while you just took some cash. It may you know so I understand. I think that's going to potentially be a logjam because if Deshaun Watson wanted to, again these are you know if he want if he wanted to make all this go away, he he could monetarily do it. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, unless unless there are plaintiffs who are just adamant that this goes to trial, right? And I, I feel right. like because of the nature of these situations, because they're civil, civilly filed lawsuits, you could, you know, you could settle all these cases for. I mean, it'd be a ton of money, obviously. But once you settled all those cases and those cases were resolved, it's more than likely that the two criminal, the two uh, legal branches investigating Deshaun Watson would say, uh, well. Well, yeah, you you would settle, and then the the plaintiffs would then very likely not be discussing these anymore. And and they so would the sign NFL, an NDA as well, right? They would, right? And so now the NFL investigators wouldn't have any people to talk to or investigate, and so now they finally move on to Deshaun because they have not yet interviewed Deshaun, and they're only looking to interview Deshaun after they have spoken to as many of the accusers as possible. But they can only speak to the accusers if the accusers make themselves available, and if the, their accusers' lawyer makes them available to the NFL, and then they can speak to Deshaun. And so until the league speaks to Deshaun, you know, there, there is that log jam, as you say. And yes, Rusty Harden, Deshaun's attorney, has said 
we're, we're not going to settle. We want everything out in the open. You know, we're going to see there's a, there's a lot of tactics being involved here sure. on both sides. But there's a very, very real possibility that simply because of the volume and how long these cases would take in a civil court, never mind the grand jury, never mind the FBI, the NFL investigation, that it would just it would take the entire regular season. And if things are the same and will continue to be the same, then he may be inactive for all 17 games. And, you know, look, if you're Deshaun Watson and you are interested in clearing your name, and one would think that he is, if he is, you know, if what he says is true, then you're, you're fine with that situation. You'd rather be playing football, of course. But if you can, you, if you're getting paid and you're, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're getting paid and you're not being punished, quote unquote, punished by the NFL it's it's not surprising that he would be okay with with rolling with that. So I think it's sort of just an influx situation that in theory could be resolved quickly, but it would take like a it would take the, you know, essentially a a large cash sum to get it. Right, which would then be going back on what he and his attorney have been saying, which would also in the public sphere, you know, how we all consider settlements to be tacit admissions of, of guilt or wrongdoing. And so, yes, it would not only take money, but it would also mean being in the public sphere as more or less guilty of these accusations, even if you are not legally guilty. Of if you pay, if you pay your way out of civil lawsuits, people typically tend to assume that is the right. public opinion. Yes, yes, correct. All right, let's take a break. When we come back two big contract situations in the AFC North, T.J. Watt. This is a flying under the radar week one storyline. Big time. T.J. Watt's uh, contract. He wants a he wants a new deal. Don't blame him. Great player. Uh, Steelers not apparently budging on on whatever he wants, or maybe he maybe he wants Aaron Donald money. I don't know. Uh, I'm curious. What have you heard that T.J. Watt wants? And is there a chance that T.J. Watt skips week one over a contract dispute? Okay, so I think Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, a, a friend of mine, probably a friend of yours as well. Oh, yeah had the report that it is possible that T.J. Watt misses week one. I was told earlier today that it, in fact, is possible that T.J. Watt misses week one if he doesn't have the contract that he wants. And it was surprising to me, and I guess because we have these sort of ideas or cliches of, oh, the guy, listen, when it comes to football, he's just going to play football. And uh, But, you know, this has been contentious. And it's been contentious for a while and it's flown under the radar. And I think that that's another credit to Mike Tomlin. I think that we all credit it and he praised on to Mike Tomlin after the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell situations when they left Pittsburgh. Like, wow, he must have really kept it together. The fact that this has flown under the radar, that one of the best defensive players in the NFL has been holding in for five weeks and hardly anyone, including us, have been talking about it. And now he may miss week one is a credit to how Mike Tomlin runs things there in Pittsburgh. But they have an archaic contract structure over there where they're not paying a bunch of guaranteed money after year one to anybody who's not a quarterback. And that's an issue for TJ Watt, I'm told. Uh, And so can he get that guaranteed money? Because you can want average annual value and and all that stuff. TJ Watt's not worried about that. And frankly, he shouldn't be. And that's what someone who is being represented by the right people, that's what you should be getting told. It's not, remember Xavier Howard when he wanted to become the highest paid uh, cornerback by average annual value and he got it. And then what, two years later, he was out of guaranteed money. And he's like, yo, I just had the the season of my career. I want to make sure that I have guaranteed money. That is what TJ Watt, he is is avoiding that. And so I absolutely believe that the contract that is on the table right now would pay him 25-ish million dollars per year 
if you're just looking at AAV, if you're just looking at the tweet, right, that comes out. But if you look at the structure, that's what he's fighting for. Rob's the teacher, what? Highest paid? Like, highest paid? But there's all- He doesn't care about that. And he right. shouldn't care about that. He should care about how much fully money- will, Fully right. and totally, truly guaranteed right. if I have a catastrophic accident 10 seconds after signing this deal. And that's what he is is wanting. And the Steelers apparently right now are not budging. And so we're going to see if TJ Watt, if he holds firm here and he doesn't play week one, you know, uh, I don't know what the odds are with the Steelers, but they're going to drop dramatically because, again, I've heard that this is starting to get a little personal for TJ Watt, who does believe that he is good enough for them. Hey, you're going to do it for a quarterback. Why don't you do it for me? And I get that you've done it this way for, for years and years doesn't matter. We got to shake things up. So he's in a similar situation to what Le'Veon Bell was a couple of years ago. Um, I don't think that he's going to go the route of Lev Bell. Um, but yeah, I, I can see him missing week one, no doubt. The uh, Steelers are plus six and a half at the Buffalo Bills in week one. That is a one o'clock game. I, I Again, I'm blindly assuming it's on CBS. Great game. I would say that TJ Watt's worth a point to this. To, I, I would think that the Bills might move to seven and a half at least a half a point. And that's just how this works. I mean, very few players are worth X amount and Vegas is smart and probably has that factored into a degree already at, at the six and a half, the chance that TJ Watt could miss the game. Maybe it goes to seven and a half. Uh, if he is, if he's in fact decides that he is not going to play look, Pittsburgh is, you know, Pittsburgh's being piled on by people around the NFL for, uh, you know, being a team that's going to suck this year. And I, it's probably gone too far to one extreme, because Big Ben did look really good in the preseason, especially against the Lions. Now it was against the Lions. He's very stunned out too. But well, and, and we say that every, we say that every year about Big Ben, and we say that every year about Jameis Winston, don't yep. we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although Jameis's QB makeover appears to be legit. I, I just I know that every single offseason, whether it was when I would go down to Tampa, I saw him at one of Cam Newton's kickball events in Charlotte one year. I saw him in the tunnel in Atlanta when Tampa played the Falcons in Week One back in like 2016. Every single time I've been like, huh. He looks pretty slim. Yeah. And so I just I stopped saying it now. Well, I just mean that Jameis, I mean, I, I don't want I don't want to get into the but we've we've talked about this before in the podcast, but like the way that Jameis carries himself and the way that he like his I mean, he it's he's just it reminds me of Alex Smith in San Francisco when Jim Harbaugh got there. You could yeah. tell that uh, a smart uh coach who has groomed quarterbacks his entire career was like, look, man, do this, this, and this. Like, here's how we're going to approach this a little bit differently. We're going to try and make you maybe uh, – yeah, anyway. I, but now, we don't even talk to Jameis. Big Ben, I do agree, has looked better in the preseason. He threw the ball too many times last year. They need to feature Najee Harris. They need to be able to run the ball. The offensive line needs to be better. The secondary is a concern. If TJ Watt doesn't play for this team, that's a big, 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 big problem. I would say that TJ Watt is probably the second most important player on the Steelers behind Big Ben. I would say that as well. I'm, I'm concerned about the offensive line. Yes, All due so respect to Cam Hayward, by the way. Right. Yes. I mean, you have Najee Harris, but that offensive line, it's not going to matter, right? Uh, if if that's not going to be there. We just saw the struggles there with a true number one receiver there in Pittsburgh, right? And the market just told Juju Smith-Schuster what they think of him as wide receiver one yeah. uh, this past offseason. And then, yes, so much overhaul there in the secondary a little curious that they let Steven Nelson go, um, you know, for, for nothing and, and just let when all he wanted was some sort of contract redone. And they could have said, uh, tough luck, we're going to keep you and you're going to play under this deal. And now you you lose a TJ Watt potentially. And we know that Bud Dupree, for example, was the beneficiary 
of TJ Watt and, and the, so the attention that he got. So you take away the guy that all the defenses are sliding over toward. Where's your pass rush? How are you going to affect the passer? How are you going to be able to run the ball on offense? And yeah, Big Ben, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot and he feels a lot better and all that's great. But it's a scary notion in 2021, especially coming off last season, where the, the thing that you feel best about potentially for the Pittsburgh Steelers is Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, so keep an eye on that leading up to the season. That, uh, And by the way, look, just looking at the Steelers-Bills line, this could be directly related to the heavy Tuesday buzz that's coming out about T.J. Watt, as, as J.J. just mentioned. You, know, you heard today that Watt might not play. That line is minus 6.5, minus 115. Um, if I, I like the Bills to win the game anyway. Pretty good teaser leg. You could take the uh, you could take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and get them down to minus two against the Cowboys, and then the Bills down to uh, basically minus a half point. Not a bad little teaser there. And then uh, so you basically just need the the Bucks and Bills to win their respective games. I like the chances of that happening, even more so if TJ Watt is missing. All right, Mark Andrews and the Ravens came to a deal. Andrews got paid. Quickly, even after a down year, um, I don't think it's really a huge surprise that that they want to pay him and want to keep him happy. He's been awesome. He's seen his snaps, offensive snap percentage increase in each of his uh, years in the league and is a fantastic red zone weapon. And with all the injuries to their wide receivers and all the injuries to their running backs, it's possible that Mark Andrews is a massive factor in this offense once again. In fact, it's even likely that he is one of the biggest factors for this offense. Uh, curious about what you've heard about the Ravens. Justice Hill now for the year. Obviously, um, J.K. Dobbins done for the year. It's the Gus Bus and somebody they're going to sign up. Somebody they're, they're going to ultimately have to sign someone. I don't or trade for Mark Ingram. <laughs> they're they're going to they're gonna get someone, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um yeah, with Lamar, uh, you know, we talk about contracts. Mark Andrews, a well-deserved contract, and he got some really good guarantees there: thirty point one million in full guarantees, thirty-seven point six million in total guarantees. So that was just right behind George Kittle. So really good deal for Mark Andrews. Really a great deal yeah. for Mark Andrews, uh, and he's going to be uh, earning every penny of it this year, as you mentioned. I think I I'd love to tell you which way they're going with the Lamar Jackson contract, but because um, he doesn't have an agent, and it's just who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they play the game Sunday at 1 or whatever time they're playing, and he doesn't have a contract. I wouldn't be surprised if that thing gets inked, and at 11 a.m., they send out a press release about it. So, or like um, 10 p.m. on Saturday night or something, which would be the right. real F you to anyone who has to do video for, uh, for, you know, for various online uh, streaming sports networks. Yeah, and then the rush to go try to confirm it uh, would be uh, would be interesting. No, I I, I like the Ravens. Uh, I, I wish they had better wide receivers. I do think that Sammy Watkins. I don't know if he's going to be a one for seventeen games. No. I think obviously Mark Andrews is your one. Yeah, um, and, and that's that's obvious. But yeah, they'll find and plug and play some running back. They will make the playoffs. I do believe in all of that. Uh, and then it's just going to be on Lamar, of course, once you get to January to, to keep that, that playoff train rolling. Yeah. It's, it's the, how the offense functions with all these injuries is going to be fascinating. Tyson Williams, by the way, I should have mentioned, I think they, I think the Ravens do like Tyson Williams, but you know, you're, you can't, you can't run this offense that you want to run. If you're Baltimore, 
with how their run person, like they, they've lead the league in rushing the last three years or last two years, two and a half years, I guess, um, by a long shot. You can't do it. Gus Edwards can't carry the ball 370 times. No. I mean, you're going to, you're going to need someone else. And yeah, they just had. Some- well, and you also have to have somebody that, you know, Gus Edwards is the most North to South runner Correct. in the entire NFL. And year to year he is, when you look at like rushing efficiency, uh, he, he is tops in the league. And so you're going to need someone in some sort of zone scheme, who's going to be able to stretch things out just a little bit. Yep. So whatever runner they get, it's going to be the antithesis of Gus Edwards. And frankly, if you're looking at the most North to South runner, the most East to West runner, the last couple of years, Todd Gurley. Mm. You want Todd Gurley? I don't know. I mean, maybe he's the guy. I don't, maybe he's. You got, you have to do something from a scheme perspective, right? No. Because you're, you're just, you're not going to go out there and sign some guy who's going to rush for 1100 yards this no. season. So you need you to just do need, something. Yeah, you need depth. That's what you need. You have to have depth. You have to be able to to uh, to stress a defense. And so that's why I do think if if you have someone who can threaten the edges and the hash marks while running the football, then great. And maybe it's Todd Gurley. Maybe he's only averaging three point one yards per carry, but he ultimately does enough for you when Lamar's going to be able to come in there and average five and a half yards per carry. Would uh would the would the Panthers give up Christian McCaffrey for a first round pick from the Ravens? I don't think the Ravens would do that because it's flies in the face of analytics to pay a running back and or give up a first round pick for a contract running back. But if you, if you, if you thought of it, if you're like, all right, you know what? Screw it. We have to run the ball. We have to be good in the running game. Let's just go get the best running back in football. No, no. Well, I don't think that they would do that. I think that the Panthers should do that. If the, if the Ravens offered for one, one first round pick, just one, just one, maybe okay. two, maybe two, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe two. Also some breaking news just came in. Uh, and, and we were expecting this, uh, last night, the Schefter is reporting that Seahawks and Dwayne Brown have reached an agreement on a rework contract maxes out at 12 million for this season. I had reported last night, um, of course, with his return to practice, that that meant that a rework deal was in the books, that a handshake had, had taken place. And so, you know, it's going to max out at 12 million, which means a whole bunch of incentives, plenty of injury protections and blah, blah, blah. He wasn't going to get some more years added on to the contract. Seahawks weren't going to do that, but uh, that's taken care of. And Russ has his left tackle uh, for store week. And you're about to have some phone calls telling you that you need to uh, suit up and get on streaming television, I would guess. So we'll let you go. Uh, Follow Jonathan Jones at J Jones. J Jones nine at J Jones nine on Twitter. Watch him on CBS sports HQ. Thanks as always, buddy. Appreciate it.